Welcome to Choosing Leadership, a podcast for high performers with big dreams and for leaders who know that they are more powerful than the level that they are currently playing. I am Sumit Gupta, your host and the founder CEO of the Deploy Yourself School of Leadership. I am here to help the best leaders get better and to help organizations massively improve their output and impact and at the same time eradicating workplace stress. Yes, completely eradicating, not just reducing, completely eradicating. I believe in creating a future and a work culture where people wait for Mondays, not Fridays and get to do their most meaningful work. The aim of this podcast is not to provide you more content, but instead shift the context under which you operate. This podcast is titled Choosing Leadership because that is what leadership is, a choice. In each episode, I will celebrate leaders who have made such choices, which are not always easy and comfortable, but which has helped them get to where they are today. And let us celebrate the leader in us for choosing to move over our fears, for choosing to be motivated by something bigger than ourselves, and for choosing to deal with every challenge that comes on the way. Let us celebrate you right now for stepping into the unknown and taking courageous action, as those were the moments when you chose leadership. At the end, I will share how you can be our next guest on this podcast. And with that, let's get started. Shikha is the founder of eTravers, a software development house based in India and a net tech consulting company in South Africa. In the interview, Shikha shares her vision and how she started out in her own unique way. She started a net tech consultancy based in Africa and serving the African continent when she saw that nobody was doing that. She shares how she drew inspiration from her mother and grandfather very early on and that led her to becoming the first engineer in her family. Hi, Shika. Welcome to the Choosing Leadership Podcast. Hello. Hello. How are you? Doing wonderful. It's, it's a pleasure to have you here with us today. And to begin with, can you start by sharing a bit of who you are and what do you do today? Sure. My name is Shika. I'm the founder of eTravers, and I'm also the founder of its subsidiary company, eTravers South Africa. eTravers is a software development house with its headquarters in India and a service area in Europe, UK, US. I'm also the founder of eTravers South Africa, which is primarily an edtech consultant. Thank you. Thank you for sharing that. And before we go into what you're doing today, can you share a bit of your backstory? How did you got into software development, entrepreneurship? What's the, what are the dots that are connecting here? Sure, I'd love to share that. I completed my engineering in computer science 2012, and I started working with one of the companies as a software developer. Uh, out of curiosity, I moved to business development and I worked in business development for six years in four companies. We were, all the companies were actually working in the Western world, like how it always works, like US, UK, Europe, UAE at that point. And when I actually thought of starting my own company, that was one major curiosity that hit me was, why not Africa? So why are the companies not reaching out to the African market and why is the continent lacking time? So with that idea, I actually thought of forming eTravers India, which is a software development house, which is which services around the world. It's Western and African continent. However, with its subsidiary, which is eTravers South Africa, it's primarily for edtech consulting. Why and how, like the question is, I did a bit of research as to why the entire continent is lacking behind the rest of the world. 
And I personally see also in my personal life, education is the key to prosperity. So if it's one person, it takes hold of a house, a household. When it comes to a lot of people, it is country. And when it takes charge of the country, it becomes a continent. So I felt like education is maybe lacking behind in the entire continent. And because I came from a tech background, being an engineer and worked in the industry for so many years, I felt that tech can actually empower education in that continent. And that's how this idea came. So, so the niche that we wanted to develop with eTravel South Africa was a consulting company. And we want to take, as you already know, India is the supplier of talent and it has done so much business in the last couple of years. And since the time you're born, you, your parents ask you, what do you want to become? Which is, I feel it's niche to Indian parents and Indian kids. It, no other country, I feel, is forced so much from the time that you're born. What will you become? So India manufactures brains and in, India supplies brains. And in the time to come, I think the brain will also stop because Indians, they are like, they are created and built in India, but then they are going out and then obviously the currency difference. But I feel in the time to come, that brain is going to come to an end because India is becoming the supplier of the intelligence and the tech talent, basically. So with e-travers India, the vision that we have is to, why do you sell in the name of less cost? You should be actually selling in the name of quality because since the time Indians are born, they are taught to become something. And in especially if I can only talk about the tech industry because I only know tech industry, how much youth these days is getting into emerging tech talent and emerge, emerging tech trends. So the vision that we have with eTravers India is to provide services in the tech industry, but not at the cost of, of low cost, but at the cost of intelligence and what we can bring to the table. Um, so that is the vision that we have with eTravers India. And uh, eTravers, as I already told you, is the EdTech Consulting Company. Thank you. Thank you for sharing that. I think that's amazing. I think you're not just setting up a business, but you're separating yourself and you have a very clear point of view. So that leads me to two questions, right? So where is this confidence coming from? As you said, right, many times when you're growing up in India or you your parents have decided or chosen the path for you and entrepreneurship very rarely is one of them. And then the second thing is, I think also as a woman, I think that, that adds another dimension to that. So how did you like decide it or how did you have the courage to not just start, but also to say, let's do something different. So that's one thing. And the second question, which I have is right. You mentioned about education, you mentioned about making a difference multiple times. And that is also what you're trying to achieve with your companies. Where is that focus or where is that deep rooted desire to contribute in this area coming from? Sure. I feel that every person, when they want to do something, it comes from their own life story. And similarly, it's with me. The background that I come from, I'm the first engineer and a woman working and owning a business on my father's and my mother's side. And my mother, she was always behind me to become something. However, I also have a brother and it's only in my family that we both are engineers. I've seen my cousins and relatives, only the brother becoming something and the girls are not taking up. But my mom never differentiated between us. She was always behind both of us to become a software engineer. And that is the reason that I got into the tech industry so many years back when it was not even on a boom. Uh, and then as far as education is concerned as well, my grandfather was a big businessman, but he only studied until sixth grade. So he always had this thing in mind that you must study. And then he was very proud when he was alive of the fact that not that I did study, but also I became an engineer and it was the first female engineer in the family. So education has always been core of my progress and where I'm coming from. And I think the confidence of becoming something came from my mother because 
I've seen her fight the battles and she's always stood for what is right. And I think that has come into me. So it's basically coming from the family. Thank you. Thank you for sharing something so personal. And I think that the smile on your face now shows that how much meaning or pride that you have like for the journey that you have done. Thank you for sharing that. Can you share a bit about the future, what you're trying to do? You shared a bit about that. But coming from what you just shared, what unique challenges does it present? What is it that you find difficult in the current scenario? If I, Certainly, if I look in the next two to three years, what are some of those big challenges that you see? So my journey has been a bit different because I am, since the time I started e-traverse, it has always been for two countries. It, it has got e-traverse India and it has also got e-traverse South Africa. Let me first talk about e-traverse India. I haven't seen so many challenges as far because first, India is a whole tech talent. So those kind of challenges we haven't faced, that resource shortage, which normally primarily people feel, even in, in countries like if you want to develop something in Europe, maybe they look for resources and they don't find resources at some point. So that has not been a challenge. Currently, we're building a core team and we are almost at the very final stage of finalizing the core team for e-traverse India, which has also been, in my journey, it has been positive. I've also always met people who have been supportive in my career. So I, to be honest, I don't, I can't say mm. that being a woman, I had so-and-so challenges and I can't actually narrate that story that being a woman, I had faced challenges because to be honest, I haven't faced those kind of challenges. Always the people that I've met have been respectful of the position that they have been very curious to know the journey because people are talking about female entrepreneurship at this point everywhere. So those were not my challenges. As far as finances are concerned with the company, yes, currently I'm working on it. And the teams that have been reaching out to us, because recently we were also shortlisted by Chip Accelerator, which is a accelerator program in Texas, based in USA. They reached out to us for the fact that e-travers as a whole is concentrated on the Western world and is also trying to make a change in the African continent, which they feel that it's a, it is what sets us apart because it has got a diversity, it has got offices in different continents, and we are trying to make strength of one company and then providing it to the other company. So uh, I'm not sure whether I deviated from the point that what were the challenges. I actually can only see the strength at this point that I've always been felt the support. I have I'm been very lucky to find the right people for my core team. And as I said, we are very close to finalizing that. And recently, after COVID got over, we started attending a lot of events in my hometown, which is in Lord. And we met a lot of young tech talents and they are so enthusiastic that they, if you tell them build it right now, I think they can just sit and build it right now because I've met so many enthusiastic, in my eyes, they are kids, but they have so much talent and they have so much enthusiasm to create something. So I think everyone in India is blooming and grooming and I'm sure future belongs to India. So I couldn't actually narrate any challenges like I told you for Echavas India. As when it come to Echavas South Africa, Though the country and the continent has its own challenges and government is responsible for that. But in the three years of working, I've been very lucky to find the right people to work with. Like I said, my co-founder in Itrava South Africa is a male, but I've always seen him respecting me and my position and the vision that I had for the company. So I haven't been bullied so far. Minus once in the school, I was bullied. But I think the support that I got from other students around me, it actually, and not even the students, but also faculties and they, they, how they explained as to why some people would want to bully you for the fact that, of course, I'll take it that I'm intelligent. And obviously the skin was one reason. But I think when you choose your battles the right way is, you, is when you win. So I think you need to concentrate your energy in the right direction. So 
I don't think that, yeah, there, there could be challenges from the outer side. They could see that there were challenges, but from my side, I always saw strength in those challenges so, so far. Thank you. Thank you for sharing that. I think there are two things which I'm listening, which I want to acknowledge you, right? One is even venturing into Africa and what you shared about like servicing the West or servicing something different. So you're seeing opportunities where a lot of people are not. And I think the same analogy goes to weaknesses or strengths, right? You're seeing strengths where others might say, this is a challenging time for me. And I think that's a wonderful mindset or a frame to have, uh, which can actually empower you to take the next big step. I appreciate that. Yeah, thank you. And now, given that where you are, you're still very early in your journey as an entrepreneur. What is, right? Let me ask you this, right? If you had a magic wand, where do you want to be with yourself? First of all, your own growth, but also your organizations and the kind of impact that you want to make, let's say in the next three years or beyond that? Sure. Um, as far as my personal growth is concerned, when I was a baby, to be honest, in my fifth or sixth standard, I've been working since that time. It's been like 15 years journey. And as far as my growth is concerned, I feel that I have, as an individual, I have achieved whatever I have to from studying in India, working in six companies in a corporate world, starting my own company, not just in one country, but two countries, starting from African continent and then studying from an American university. So now what is left on my side is just going to the moon, if I talk about individual. So I'm quite content there. But what I want to create now is I want to create these two companies and to be known for the reason that they should be known for, not for the reason that the world is trying to push on. So in the three years time, I really, as a company, as eTravis India, we want to work on challenging projects. And when it comes to eTravis South Africa, we want to be chipper as to what is the decision making in terms of making a progress in education with the help of tech. Because in the last three years of working with eTravis South Africa, we have tried to meet individuals, businesses, big businesses, governments as to try and make them understand why you need digitization and education. But as COVID hit and it was a challenging time, but not for us because it actually was a blessing for us to explain people how important is tech in education. Because when COVID hit, schools were still running, universities were still running, and I completed my MBA also on an online course, which was supposed to be an offline course. So it's very clear that tech is important in education. As far as the three-year goal for eTravers, India is concerned. We want to do a strike a good balance between developing high-tech projects for the Western world and trying to make something substantial for the African continent, as that's the goal for eTravels India. Thank you for sharing, Shika, about your vision. I love that you say that you have like achieved a lot and that gives you that pride, satisfaction. And then what is left is, as you said, like going to the moon. <laughs> and at the same time, there's a lot of new skills. You said you you studied as a software developer, but there are a lot of skills which are required to be a leader or to be an entrepreneur, including communication, including dealing with emotions, COVID, a lot of uncertainty. So what do you think are some of those areas where you need to grow into or that you need to face? Not now, but maybe in some time in the future. I think when it comes to leadership, the most important skill that you need to have is empathy and instead of competing, the skill of collaborating. So very recently, we attended Women Tech Makers Conference and there was a lady who's running minimalistic lifestyle course or something of that sort. And she had a very good slide up on the presentation, which spoke about few of the qualities that people were having in the corporate world, which needs to change in order to create something. So one of them is collaboration over competition, right? 
ladership over leadership, world over a word, conscious living over career. Basically what she was trying to convey. And as a leader, I also felt because I also had a module in my master's, which was about leadership. And when we were working together in my master's program, I saw that there is more that comes to become a leader than just having the knowledge because you need to have that sense of understanding that you also want others to lead because that is when you're able to create. Because if you just want to have a do as directed kind of attitude, I don't think you're going to go anywhere. Then what's the point of hiring people and having a team when you don't want them to flourish and nourish themselves? So I feel that in the next three years of time, when it comes to me as transitioning from who I want to be to who, what I want to create is also this one important fact that I want a table where everyone gets the opportunity to speak. So in the company that, that we are trying to build, it's not like a corporate ladder. We're actually trying to build something together. So everyone's values, visions, action plans, I want people to come and share. And that is how we can come up with new ideas and execute them. Yeah. Thank you for sharing that. I think, I think you mentioned two very important points. One is that leadership is not just about knowledge. And I think it's a lot about practice as well, right? So just like biking, if you read a book about biking, unless you get on a bike and maybe fall a few times, you will not be able to learn biking. And the second thing is those words that you used, right? Collaboration over competition, leadership over leadership. And I think many times we don't realize, but the language we use can have a huge impact on how we see, how we feel. Because the word competition immediately puts people or companies against each other. And then that creates friction without even realizing that the word itself is causing friction, right? At the same time, a lot of the people that you plan to hire or you are hiring are coming from different backgrounds, right? Which might be a very different mindset. So what are you doing or what do you plan to do to build not just like a team, but also inculcate these new values or these very important distinctions for the entire team also as you grow in size? We had a similar journey. We were recruiting people for talent and then it was not working out because at some point we felt that there was a friction. So we reversed our process of hiring and meeting people as to, uh, we do briefly talk about the tech and skills that we're looking for, but then we try and take a lot of time to understand what are the values in that person and are we collaborating on that foundation? Because I feel foundation is a must. So the initial layers of, of forming this company, if it will have a strong foundation, that there is no doubt that the team is going to grow. Thank you. Thank you for sharing that. I think that is visible in what you're sharing and also must be evident in everything that you're doing. How do you manage that balance of being sensitive, which is, there's nothing wrong with that. It's just part of being human. Then what is required at work, right? Many times you're required to be bold, to be courageous, to to have a difficult conversation. How do you manage that part of like putting it into practice? I've been actually practicing it for quite a while now because when I was also working, I was around, I was like, there were very less female in the department that I worked for. So I think from that time, I started building up that strength of not showing the weaker side or the, I won't say weaker side, but the emotional side because girls are like seen or told that they're being sensitive. So I kind of shield that part very well because I don't forget what position I'm in. But I also see that because I'm very emotional, it has also come out as a strength because whatever I don't do it just for doing something, there's a lot of meaning behind what I'm doing. And I think it comes from being emotional. Thank you. Thank you for sharing that. I think not just for women, I think for men, it is more difficult to show your emotions because we have grown up with like, be a real man or why are you crying or like, why are you being suddenly like a girl and all of these taunts also. And I think women 
have also these variations. But what I have found in my journey is that it's just human. First of all, it's not weak or less or bad in any way. And as you mentioned, right, as it's actually a strength if you can listen to it, if you can listen to what is the meaning behind any emotion, and then actually come from your values, right? So not to give up your values, not to get carried away, but to acknowledge, not to brush aside the emotion, but also to say, now, this is the meaning. This is why I'm feeling angry or sad or frustrated. And then these are the values. How can I stand up to that? Which often requires courage, but the courage by brushing aside an emotion is very different than the courage when you understand why it is meaningful for you. Thank you for sharing that. Thank you for your thoughts. Yeah, yeah. So same time, a lot of women still struggle with being confident, being bold. Well, not just about women, but also entrepreneurs in general. So what advice would you give to somebody who either have a dream, but they have not found the courage to start something on their own, or they have started and they have seen struggles or they have not been able to achieve what they wanted to achieve? True. I think it's a very common problem and the problem or the reason behind that problem is fear. So the moment that you fear that you will fail or you conceive that thought, I think that is where you start backtracking from. So the only advice that I can give is you need to work on how to conquer that fear because once you are over that stage of being fearful is the world is all yours. And I really feel you take one step and then the world will help you take the 10 more steps. So you just have to think and lead and do, like be fearless. It's I've seen is the only advice I can give you because I did it in my career as well. I was always fearless. If I wanted to do something irrespective of the fact that when I wanted to go to South Africa, everyone said, why Africa? It's so dangerous. But I was like, no, I know I can do it and I will do it. And I did it. And you do find right, like help and support. And I think it also came from my very initial journey because I left home quite early in life and I was 21, I left my hometown and I went to another city and I started working there. And from there I moved to another city and I have been doing it for a while. So I think it had has been in practice for long. But when it comes to young people who are trying to do something is first is you need to come out of your comfort zone and you have to be fearless. I think that is the only step. And also me being a Hindu, there's a mantra, which is Mahamrityanjaya Mantra, which talks about how God actually helps you when you want to come out of that cocoon of your comfort zone. It has a different meaning, obviously, according to the Vedas and everything. But in a nutshell, in the modern language, if you talk about, it does talk about how God can help you become fearless if and if you have the faith that he is with you. So I think that faith and then that courage and then when you take action in that belongingness, it's world is all yours. Thank you. Thank you for sharing that. And I think I love the two aspects of it, right? The faith one, I think it doesn't have to be like spiritual or God, but I think trusting something or having that faith in something beyond can give you that comfort or that energy to move actually when times are difficult. And the second thing which you mentioned that be fearless or go what is scaring you, right? So in in your example, you shared about going to Africa, but I think what I want to ask you and also bring out is how have you changed after multiple times of doing that, right? So you want to do something which is meaningful. But then either it is scary for you or others are telling you that is scary or difficult. And then you go ahead and do that. How does that change your relationship with confidence, with fear? How does that make you better for the future challenges that come in? From a very, like my childhood, I never took anyone's opinion in my progress or in my decision making. I had a very clear conscious of who I'm going to discuss those big decisions of my life. And it has primarily been my mother since the time like I was born and then when I started taking decisions, 
So, and then when I was growing up, I found mentors and then very lucky in that way that my partner is also very supportive and he's also very optimistic. And these are the only few people that I would go and speak about while making the decision. And then ultimately it's the power beyond. And I'm a big believer of God, which you can also say something beyond human consciousness. So I think that my decision-making and my consultation with the right people has also helped me not take unnecessary perspective of people around. Because when you go and speak to people who don't really believe in you and they're also lost in their own lives, I think that just destroys everything. So I would one advice that I would give entrepreneurs and people out there, you must really choose who you're talking to and who you're sharing with. And then that is the key because you want to do something and then you go and speak to someone who don't want you to do something, then you're not doing it. So you better speak to people who would support you and advise you in the right direction. One saying which says, you become the five people that you talk to on a daily basis. So that's very true. And I think it, I have seen that in my life as well. Thank you. And I think that's absolutely true, right? Because you mentioned about your partner, you mentioned about your mentors. I think that support system and then having that larger faith beyond something that allows you to actually do what you said earlier, right? I don't like, take anybody's opinion. I make my own, right? So you listen, but at the same time, you're still the owner or like the creator of your own of your own decisions, right? And you own that. So thank you for sharing that. And before we end, anybody who is listening who wants to reach out to you or find out more about what you do, what is the best way for them to do so? The one way is LinkedIn. You can connect me on LinkedIn. My name is Shikha Gupta. You can put Shikha Gupta e-travels. I'll pop out. Or you can reach out to me on email, which is S-H-I-K-H-A at the rate E-T-R-A-V-E-R-S-E dot com. So these, are, these two are the best ways, LinkedIn or email. Thank you. Thank you, Shika, for everything that you shared. I will make sure to add these email and the website with the show notes. And before we end, right, I want to wish you all the best for everything that lies ahead for you, for your own personal journey, but also the impact that you're going to make, right? Or maybe you're already making in the world, right? Going to the moon, right? So best of luck for going to the moon. Thanks a lot. I really appreciate your time and thank you for reaching out. It was wonderful. Thank you. That's it for this episode of Choosing Leadership with Sumit Gupta. I choose leadership every time I record this podcast and I invite you to do the same. I invite you to design a life of joy, meaning, pride and satisfaction, not just for yourself, but for everybody around you. If you got something out of this episode, would you share this episode on social media? And if you know somebody who would be a great guest, can you tag them on social media to let them know about the show? And if you are a leader who wants to acknowledge how far you have come and have big dreams for the future, please reach out to me to be a guest on this podcast. And I love seeing your posts and guest suggestions. This is what I do most naturally, to lovingly and gently provoke you, to help you see your own light, to help you see what you are already capable of. To make sure you don't miss any episodes, go ahead and subscribe. Your thumbs up, ratings and reviews go a long way to help promote the show and it means a lot to me and my team. If you want to know more, go to deployyourself.com and subscribe to my newsletter or follow me on LinkedIn. I want to thank everyone who contributed to making this show a reality and I want to thank you for listening. Always remember that you are enough, you are loved and you matter. This is Sumit. Until next time, keep choosing leadership.